nearly all prospective customers who are reading your reviews are also reading your responses to those reviews. Whether we help you with the responses or you do it yourself, you have to respond. It's no longer optional. Welcome back to Unscheduled Maintenance. I'm your host, Steve Gady. Dealer reviews are essential and expected in today's environment. A whopping 97% of consumers rely on local reviews to help them choose the right dealership. Each year, DealerRater recognizes stores with outstanding customer service with the Dealer of the Year Awards. 2020's award winners were based on over a million reviews posted by car shoppers. Some of our listeners may be wondering how they can land on next year's list of winners. So today, we're joined by DealerRater General Manager Jamie Oldershaw and reviews expert Lana Waters, who are going to share just that. So, Jamie and Lana, let's hear a little bit about your backgrounds. How did you get involved in this industry, and how did you come to the position that you're in now? Yeah, so my story with Dealer Hater goes back to 2002, when my wife and I were right out of business school, and we had moved to Santa Fe, New Mexico, where I had taken a job at a little mergers and acquisitions firm that sold publishing companies. And my wife's brother, Chip Gruder, came out to visit us just after we had moved out there. And Chip is a big car guy like me, and he had just bought his first new car. And I remember having a conversation with him over dinner about his dealership experience uh, that he had just had that was pretty polarizing. The dealership had fallen short on delivering the car with the specs that he had ordered, but really ended up going above and beyond at the end of the day to make it right for him. And he had this burning desire to share that story with anyone who would listen. But back then, you know, there were no Google reviews, no Yelp, no established voice of the consumer for the industry. So conveniently, Chip was a web developer and he decided to buy a URL or two and solve the problem himself. And he essentially coded up a blog called dealerator.com and his review was the first one on the new site. And so for the next few years, while I was traveling around the country selling publishing companies, I was also kind of a nights and weekends advisor for Chip on building the business model and talking about potential product features, figuring out how and when and he could start to make some key hires to grow the business, which we did. Brad Walker, our VP of technology and longtime friend of Chips, came on early as employee number one and followed closely by a few key folks on the sales side who really helped us grow the business in those early days. And when the DR business really started to take off, I remember talking to my wife about you know whether or not this was the right time to really kind of jump over to DealerRater full time and move back to the East Coast and give it 100% of our attention. And I guess I ignored the age-old rule that businesses and family usually don't mix. We were certainly the exception to the rule here because uh, it was just a great partnership. Chip had his lane and I had mine on the operational side of the business. And so I joined the company full-time in 2011, just as we were expanding into Canada and wore many hats over the next few years as we built up an awesome team. And um, the path ultimately led us to cars.com, which has been a truly wonderful home home for us. So today I'm general manager of DealerRater and I also own reputation strategy for Cars Inc. Excellent. I mean, that's a 
extremely well-rounded background, nice pedigree, as we like to say. Uh, Lana, what about you? Uh, How did you come to the industry and what's your background been? I've been in the industry now for 30 years, believe it or not. I started out with ADP, better known as CDK today, holding several different roles and responsibilities and moved with my husband's company. And our last moved here to Illinois, I stumbled across Dealerator with some ex-ADP folks, and they came up with the idea of having me work from home and being able to do sales over the phone. And I thought, there's no way I can do that. I'm a people person. I need to be face-to-face. And lo and behold, eight years later, here I am as a regional account manager, dealer reader. I'm here supporting my Cars Inc. family, dealer partners with best tools in the marketplace to help them create a positive and trusted online presence in this ever-evolving digital world we live in now. Love that. A lot of real practical and real-world experience. I mean, I know I can personally speak to that from working with the both of you in the past. Well, we've obviously called you here to share a little bit of your background and your experience to talk a little bit about reviews, reputation. We'd really like to zero in on the Dealer of the Year awards that that you do that has gained a lot of momentum. It's become quite a big deal. So we'd like to peek behind the curtain. How many years have you been recognizing dealers in this way and how do you choose the winners? So this was our 11th year, uh, believe it or not, handing out these awards. And I got to tell you, Steve, it, it never gets old. This is my favorite program that we run. And it's a true privilege for me and the team to recognize these dealers who have built a culture of excellence at their stores. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's not dealerator that's choosing the winners. We're just doing the math. What makes this award special is that it is the true voice of the customer through more than a million dealership experience shared on our platform last year that truly decides who ultimately wins the award. And we always say that dealers don't win this award by accident. These are dealers that put their heart and soul into not only providing a great customer experience, but also getting that customer to share their stories on DealRator. And when you can do that consistently and build process around it, that's when you transform your reviews and your reputation into the best and most cost-effective form of marketing that you have. So the math part is really straightforward. In order to qualify for the award, dealers have to earn at least 25 reviews during the calendar year and maintain at least a 4.0 average score. And the ultimate calculation is really just two inputs. It's the average rating based on all reviews from that calendar year and then weighted to account for review volume in order to prevent a situation, for example, where a dealer with the bare minimum 25 reviews, all five stars, would otherwise beat a dealer with 500 reviews and a 4.9. We awarded this year the Dealer of the Year to about 1,200 dealers across the U.S. and Canada. And so we give out the awards not only at the national brand level, but also at the state and province brand levels as well. And we also recognize a larger collection of dealers each year through our Consumer Satisfaction Awards, which go to the top 10% of franchise and indies in the U.S. and Canada. Nice. Uh, That's, you know, pretty extensive program, nice selection process, very thorough. I think, you know, I love that note of the voice of the customer and how that sort of brings this award to life. It really is, you know, the backbone of a truly deserving dealer that puts their best effort forward and 
gets to hear, you know, from the customers what their experience was. And I think that transitions us a little bit to reviews. So moving the lens towards reputation and reviews, you know, this has always been something that's been important in the online space for a long time, but it seems like they're maybe even more important now than ever. Lana, could you give us a little bit of insight as to why that is? Sure, Steve. Reviews always are important. And as being the largest automotive review site to help those consumers read those reviews, making a trusted decision on who to do business with, who to take their car in for service now more than ever because people are doing their research from their couch, on their iPhones, on their laptops, their iPads, and they need to have something to help them differentiate. Do I go to the Honda store down the road or do I go to the Honda store an hour away? So reviews are helping dealers really trust that digital experience, being able to read the reviews, have that trust, and be able to know who they can go to and communicate via their site, the website, via their dealerator page, their cars.com page. I was at a dealership just two weeks ago in my town, and one of the reps said, I get one to two customers per week personally say, I read your reviews online and they want to do business with me. So not only is that helping the dealership from a trusted standpoint, but it's helping the employee retention as well. Yeah, I think that's a really nice hidden component that I think gets brushed under the rug sometimes about how it helps employees stay at the dealership because we've seen this rise in individual sales professionals embracing their own internal brand under the roof of the store and how they can try to bolster that to drive business. I mean, of course, obviously they want to they put money in their pockets as of course they should, but it also obviously benefits the dealer ultimately to make more cash and still be able to retain their top performers. You mentioned mobile, the ability to differentiate themselves. So, I mean, there's a lot here to consider when we're talking about reviews and managing that. So let's talk about maybe some best practices and some actionable steps dealers can take to really either streamline their process or make sure that they've they've got a good process in place to manage and respond to these reviews. Sure. So there's a few things to share here, and this is a question that we certainly Certainly get often. Dealers are always looking for a magic bullet when it comes to winning the award. And of course, there isn't one. But what we did this year was spend some time really digging into the shared habits of those 1,200 dealers that won our Dealer of the Year Award across various brand and state categories. And we found some really interesting similarities that any dealer can take as action items this year to up their game. And the first thing is that dealers just need to be responding to all reviews across all platforms. And the vast majority of our Dealer of the Year winners are doing this. And I, I know that for many dealers, that's a really big job, right? Your, your staff is probably a little bit smaller these days and this can feel overwhelming. Um, if so, let us know, we can help. We have a team of experts that can stay on top of it for you and take this off your hands. But whether we help you with the responses or you do it yourself, you have to respond. It's no longer optional and, and here's why. So two reasons. The first is that your customers expect a response, right? You, you have to be engaging with your customers and the data shows that nearly all prospective customers who are reading your reviews are also reading your responses to those reviews and they're looking for it. Number two, it's also great SEO hygiene. Every review you get, we always tell dealers, every review you get is an invitation and an open door for you to reply with SEO rich keywords like make, model, trim, package of the car that was bought, salesperson's name, 
your dealership name, your tagline, all that helps you get found in local search. And so it's really important to be responding. It's just a good habit to get into. And if you're a dealer and you don't know if you have access to be able to respond publicly to your reviews on Dealerator or cars, please send us an email at help at dealerator.com and we can quickly get you set up and there's no cost for that access. But it's a really important habit that I think dealers take for granted. If we look across our whole platform, only 40% of dealers are actively responding to reviews. When we look at the group of dealers that won awards this year, 80% of those dealers are actively responding. So clearly it's a sign of a dealer that has good, healthy reputation hygiene, and it's something that's easy that any dealer can start doing today. I love that. Respond. I mean, it's pretty simple because people want to read that. So what else? What else? What are some good steps to take? Well, I think the next one, Steve, is we call it making it a team sport. So as I mentioned earlier, the dealer visit that I went on, the salespeople, if they have profiles on Dealerator, that is the utmost importance because those that have employee profiles where they're having a bio about themselves, they have talked about their experience in the industry, how long they've been at the dealership, their specialties, trainings, that's helping them brand themselves and giving the customer more information about them. So if they are doing that research online, they can connect with something about that salesperson above and beyond the reviews. So what's interesting is those that have staff pages have earned 10 times more reviews in 2020 than those that don't. So another study that's really critical is that 98% of those car shoppers want to choose a salesperson before walking on the lot. So that is critical to the business because that will lead to higher closing ratios because that customer is reading the reviews or selecting a salesperson that they want to work with and that they can trust. And because now Cars Inc. and Dealer Inspire, we're all cousins, those salespeople profiles are on the vehicle detail pages on the sites that matter where customers are doing the research. So on the VDPs of cars.com, Dealer Inspire, Dealerator, we're putting those salespeople out there, helping them to, as we say, brand themselves and connecting with those online shoppers. Savvy counsel, going back to the strength of their own branding under the guise of the dealership. Today's episode might be inspiring you to make some updates to your website design that you'll surely want to show off to an in-market audience. But the term in-market audience is everywhere in automotive marketing. Although not audiences are created equal, many are inflated and some go so far as to flat out misrepresent the audience they're targeting altogether. And there are few things more frustrating than wasting precious ad dollars on audiences that aren't actually in the market to buy a car. Cars is here to help with a 100% free resource you can leverage to evaluate in-market audience claims as you plan your marketing strategies for 2021. Our new audience guide addresses how bad audience data is eating your advertising budget and provides three steps you can take to maximize ROI with real in-market audiences. Visit growwithcars.com to learn more. It's been a crazy year, obviously, coming out of 2020. What are some of the things that have impacted that ability for those sales professionals to brand at the dealership? Are there any changes that have come up out of dealing with the pandemic? I definitely think that that is a strong factor that we have helped 
our dealer partners with is that COVID messaging, whether it be on the dealer radar page, the cars.com page, and helping those customers feel comfortable that not only does the dealership provide that safety because of COVID, they can definitely trust that dealer and that salesperson because they are going to be able to provide home delivery, contactless, if you will, procedures and doing most of their transaction online versus in person. Definitely. So show that safety is important to you. Most definitely. Yeah, Steve, you know, I would say that, that a really important tip is, and this is a very obviously topical and timely conversation because we're in a pandemic. And for as long as that we're in this pandemic, it's really important for dealers to make sure that they're making every effort to transact safely with their customers. Because the fact is that reviews of your dealership these days also most likely include a review of your dealership's COVID safety protocols, right? I mean, shoppers are anxious. They want to transact safely. And when they're doing research on where to buy or service a vehicle, they are paying attention to this. And you heard Chip Diggs from Sealy Automotive on this show saying how important it was to their success and gaining market share through the pandemic to really sort of not just talk the talk, but also walk the walk. It wasn't just in their marketing. It was what they lived every day in their stores, right? And and the risk is that when dealerships aren't making it work, the data suggests that two-thirds of shoppers won't transact with a business that has reviews that are critical of their safety protocols. So dealers would be well advised to make sure that they and their staff are following proper guidelines at their dealership. And I think dealers in general are doing a really good job of that. We did analysis of reviews during the COVID peaks last year. I think dealers, you know, scored pretty well on this front. Positive reviews mentioning COVID-related keywords outnumbered negative reviews 30 to 1, which is a good good sign that the dealers in general are doing it right. But I think a good healthy habit is just to make sure, um, you know, no pun intended, that you're making sure that you've got good safety protocols at the dealership and you're getting reviews that also reference that because it's really important for consumers to be transacting safely. And as you heard from Chip, the dealers that do it and do it well take market share. Yeah, you're right. Um, showing that digital transaction can be done in a safe and easy, convenient fashion for the consumer is really important now. Any final tips that you think would be important for dealers to watch out? Well, it wouldn't be a discussion about reputation management if we didn't cover everyone's favorite topic, which is negative reviews. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Negative reviews happen. They happen to everyone, even to Dealer of the Year award winners. Um, but I think what you do with that negative feedback is what makes all the difference. And so the dealers that are doing it right are sharing that review with their entire staff. You know, they're talking about it in morning meetings. They use it not as an opportunity to single anyone out, but to identify process gaps and fill them so the next time it doesn't happen. They consider negative feedback to be a gift that helps them get better rather than just being defensive with the consumer. And tying this back to the first tip on responding, got to be responding at a bare minimum to all the negative reviews that come through. Hopefully it's not a lot of them, but whenever they come through, you've got to be responding promptly to them. And a thoughtful public response by you to an angry customer just helps prospective customers see the human side of your dealership and creates you know, really important trust in your business and your brand before the sales or service visit that you take the customer experience very seriously. So it's, uh, it's very important. So don't ignore negative reviews, respond, embrace them, and use them to improve your procedures and processes at the dealership so um, you can coast a little bit better through the year.
Today we covered several steps dealers can take to get those five-star reviews rolling in. For even more information on how to create a winning reputation strategy, check out Jamie's recent blog post, How to Win Dealer of the Year, at growwithcars.com. Thanks for listening. And if you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. I'll be back soon with more Unscheduled Maintenance. Unscheduled Maintenance was created by Alex Vetter and Jake Whitler and is a production of Cars, Inc. and is hosted by me, Steve Gady. Our senior producer is Evan Sears. Sarah Nicholas is our producer, along with assistant producer Ryan Corgan-Wetzel. Audio mixed by Chris Franzen. Original design and animations for each episode created by Paul Dolan and Matt Coenia. You can see those and listen to all of our episodes at growwithcars.com slash unscheduled maintenance. Unscheduled maintenance is recorded remotely from our homes. We're looking forward to working in person again when we're able to safely return to our studio. Thanks for listening.